Hello, and welcome to episode 10 of the Conveyancing Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Matthew, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Thomas. How are you doing, Thomas? I'm doing great. Number 10 now. This is our 10th podcast, which means we've been doing this for uh, 10 weeks, which equals to two months and a half. This is crazy. Yeah. So how are you? Are you doing okay with the lockdown and everything? Yeah, I'm doing fine um, at the moment. I seem to be getting along. I think everyone else uh, is, and we all hope you're safe. Yeah, I hope you're all fine at home, and I hope the uh, podcast gives you something to do during the week so you can tune in and enjoy. Um, We're on uh, many different platforms, uh, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Anchor FM, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and others. Uh, you can find those at Anchor FM. They list all of the uh, podcast platforms that um, they will distribute us onto. And a uh, quick disclaimer, uh, we are not offering any legal advice, but just an overview of the convincing news, which we will dive into now. Yeah, let's go for it. This week... Um, Hang on, let me just uh, bring that up. Yep. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, let's start it off. This week we are starting with the Law Society Gazette, a article that is about the top 100 firm, which uh, declines the furlough option. Um, this article is talking about uh, Keystone Law. Uh, they uh, has stated that they won't be furloughing any of their staff during this uh, coronavirus crisis. Uh this uh, and that they will keep them hired and keep paying them, of course. This mm. is apparently, as it states here, it is a thinly veiled swipe at competitors rushing to cut costs. James Knight, the chief exec- executive and the founder of the listed remote working firm, um, also has stated somewhere in the article, or I think they suppose it, he has stated that it's unethical for these other firms to furlough or um, just uh, sack uh, their workers when they can probably afford to keep them these two to three months Hmm. uh, of quarantine. Yeah. Yeah, he said, I do not believe it is ethically responsible to take government money designed for genuinely cash-strapped businesses. Yeah, I've seen... um, I've seen that a lot of big companies have, have taken payouts and they're supposed to be for the like most hard hit people, aren't they? Yeah. This furlough the government's furlough scheme, well, sadly, like you just said, big companies will probably just be taking advantage of this. Any companies really, but it is supposed to genuinely help all of those smaller companies, smaller firms that are having genuine problems right now. I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt that some have already closed down by now because they probably weren't doing very well and now this has uh, hit them hard. Hmm. Yeah, let's hope not, but um so he's top he's a top 100 firm so he must be one of the 100 biggest firms in the UK and it says that they're they're listed on the stock exchange because he was talking to the stock exchange about not needing to furlough any staff mm. and that was quite interesting that it said um 
it was a remote working firm, so all their staff worked remotely already. Yeah, that's very important right now as well. So it probably hasn't really slowed them down much. No, I mean, they wouldn't have... Well, they would have reason to furlough because obviously sales would go down, but since they're all working from home, it doesn't really affect them as much as it would uh, an office-based firm. It says they're still recruiting people during the downturn, and the company has 4.4 million in cash reserves and is debt-free. Hmm. Nice. Yeah, that's great. It's good good for them. Good for Keystone Law. That's uh, yeah, great they're news. Not, they're not taking any government money and they're keeping working during the, this virus outbreak. Hmm. This next article comes from the BBC and is uh, talking about the property sales worth $82 billion on hold amidst lockdown. So, well... Yeah, due to the coronavirus, due to the the market being sort of jammed up. Yeah, it's a it's an insane amount of money. The fact that eighty two billion is on hold because of everything that's happening, it is mental. (laughs) I just hope it all sort of moves once this is over, and that there aren't a lot of sort of aborted matters that aren't going to go forward. Hmm. Yeah, let's let's hope that it all starts flowing again smoothly and that like you just said, they don't just outright cancel their their the process or leave it you know, it's let's hope people just keep pushing and that way you know, the market this, doesn't crash or something. This eighty two billion pound figure is based on research by the property portal Zoopla, which is one of the competitors of Rightmove now. Yeah. It says some 373,000 property sales are on hold due to the coronavirus. <laughs> that is crazy, yeah. So many. And it says that spring is usually a very busy time for the housing market. The spring but bounce. We are in summer now, right? Yeah, most people, they want to get moved in before they go off for their summer holidays. Yeah. Because, like, there are matters going on over the summer, but the, most people are going to be on, like, a lot of people are going to be on holiday, so it's it's kind of spring is more busy than summer normally. Hmm. Yeah, that Although, makes sense. Yeah, it, it doesn't really matter. It can be busy, like, any time, really. <laughs> it says, overall, Zoopla expects the number of completed sales across the UK this year to be half that in 2019. That's crazy. I'm not sure, though. That, it's like I'm saying, if it picks up after and all those ones go through, then, because uh, it is quite seasonal, if they manage to jam those ones through, then maybe, like, there's more at Christmas and yeah, you see a bounce back. I mean, I think the thing uh, about this coronavirus um, epidemic is something that's also... You know, maybe not a lot of people have thought about it this way, but um, it might be, like, how long might it take? Maybe three months or four months, possibly, at most. Like, it is a big chunk of the year. Well, they have come out with, like, August 
and things like that but I think it mm. will come I think the, the the numbers come down if you look at a lot of other countries when the numbers start coming down they come down really quickly yeah so with any luck you know a few more weeks could all be over it's pretty crazy this has happened really <laughs> hmm so, uh, let's just keep going then. This next article is from Legal Futures, and it is... Uh, ah, so it's talking about uh, conveyances uh, that are calling on the government to extend the furlough scheme, or the government's furlough scheme. So, this is uh, related to, I think it was the first article we just did. Um, it has to do with the furlough scheme, which I'm not sure, just in case, because I, I don't think we explained it earlier, just in case you don't know what the government's furlough scheme is. It, um, it's essentially saying if you, if you furlough your workforce, the government will pay um, up to 80% of their wages uh, or up to a maximum of 2.5 thousand per month. Uh, it's, it's, um, it is a lot. I think I've already, uh, no, I don't think I have. Uh, it is a lot of the wages, 80%, uh, especially if the maximum is 2,500 pounds a month. That's, that's quite the bit for the government to be paying that. Um, mm. I think it would be better if they were to pay, say, a maximum of 1,000 because right now, if you're not really doing work, and you're getting paid at least 80% of your wages, then you will have, like, way more money. Like, you, you'll have an excess of money, which isn't bad. But yeah, I, the, the problem I had with it was that, well, that in my mind, I, I don't really understand it, because if they're being furloughed, it means laying them off or suspending them temporarily. So they go home and they don't have to work, but then the government pays them, so... Shouldn't they actually work if they're actually getting money? And it's based yeah. on the fact that they have a full-time job and they're on PAYE. And the, gov and the, go the government sends the money through the company that's employing them. Shouldn't they be working? I mean, people don't really want to stay at home doing nothing anyway, do they? No, everyone's bored, apparently. Well... Apparently, is the case. A lot of people are bored in their houses. They don't know what to do. They're running out of ideas of things to do, and obviously, their Netflix binge watching is is coming to an end soon because you can't be watching things forever. So, if you're being paid eighty percent of your wages, unless there are people out there, which I don't doubt it, who have offered to help, even if they weren't to be paid the 80%, you know, maybe they'd still the, offer to help in the company. It doesn't really say here, but I think the other 20% has to be paid by the company, don't you know? In I'm not sure words, if they, they... get their full 100%. I don't think they get the 100%. Like, I don't think the, co the company pays them anything. It is just the government, because at least from what I'm, from what we've read and what from uh, what we're seeing in this... Uh, here says your employer doesn't have to guarantee to keep you on after the scheme ends so you could be on 8% and then you, you haven't got a job when you come back so I suppose they need that's... time off to be able to try to find another job no? yeah but that's crazy that's a little that's strange because the, the company is the one that furloughs you like I'm not sure maybe people do ask to be furloughed as well but it's, if the company is the one that furloughs you 
and they don't have to pay you anything because the government is paying you your salary, then why do why do they want to lay you off after? I don't know. Hmm. I kind of get what the um, what the man from the first article is saying when he calls other firms unethical. Sometimes it's wrong. You can't really call them unethical because they don't have another choice. But in other cases, it's kind of it's kind of a bit silly. Mm. Yeah, it says here as well that early evidence shows that sixty percent more property transactions failed in March as a result of people pulling out than in the weeks before. So, yeah, I mean that. You may be furloughed, but it doesn't mean that you're going to get your job back because there just may not be a, a market to come back to, you know? Yeah, I guess that's a, that's a pretty valid point. It but does make sense. They're also saying this old chestnut, the old uh, stamp duty land tax should be reduced for all home buyers for 18 months. But again, that's not fair, is it? It's not fair no. for the people who had to pay it before. But if it if it was applied to everyone, then maybe it would help a little more. But it won't be. It'll just be applied to all the new or, pro- you know, just any home buyers that buy it during why, that period. Why so. do it for eighteen months? Why not just do it forever? Just get rid of it completely. Yeah, <laughs> that would be way better. Eighteen months too—that's more than a year. That's like a long time. In that time, a lot of people will have that. Yeah, this um, Rob McKellar, head of Slater and Gordon's conveyancing practice, said residential property transactions were pre- predicted to fall by 38% in 2020. But the estate agent Savills predicted 53%. So the estate agents are much more pessimistic about the market than the uh, conveyances are. Yeah, it's, it definitely seems like that, doesn't it? Mm. That's crazy. That is a big percentage more, too. That's about 20%. Well, less than that, but... It's a big, big... I wonder why they don't predict that the market's going to pick up. Yeah. Either way, let's hope it does. (laughs) This next article comes from Legal Cheek, and it is talking about the success of homeworking... Um... Oh, wait, no, sorry. It's talking about if the success of homeworking will make firms to rethink their plush city offices. So, um, it's I think very, we did uh, one like this before. It's possible. I can't remember. Um, it's very simple. Essentially, because there are a lot of um, companies who uh, now have moved to working from home or they allow it more, it makes them, you know, it makes you think, should they really be spending a lot on a massive office office building, a very luxuri- luxurious, massive office, office building when maybe not a lot of people, not a lot of employees are really going to be using it? Hmm. It says, now they've embraced video conferencing platforms such as Zoom, Microsoft Teams and Skype. Are they going to, you know, need to have everyone in the office again. Hmm. I don't know. I, I think it's better to have people working together in the same room and uh, I don't... It's much nicer to be in the city. Like, Travelling in and out by train and... 
Yeah, that's it's true. It's like they say, it's very swanky. It's kind of a status symbol to have a nice office, isn't it? Hmm. Oh, and by the way, if you want to follow Legal Cheeks TikTok, uh, you can do that. <laughs> they have a TikTok. <laughs> Maybe we should get a convincing podcast TikTok. Maybe. Let Ooh, us know in the maybe. comments below if you think we should get a TikTok. I <laughs> don't know what we put on it, but... No, I don't either. Ah, so, this next article comes from The Negotiator. Now, this one is a bit more... Uh, well, a bit more. This one is an interesting one. <laughs> They've all been interesting. Uh, this one um, is talking about hey, uh, HBC, the bank, and it, it's pulling the plug on their buy-to-let mortgages. That is uh, a big step because they are essentially, I think it's it's been a lot of banks that we've seen at least these past couple of weeks or many, not that, not that many maybe, but we've been seeing a lot of banks just be very pessimistic towards and, and thinking maybe it is going to maybe crash, crash the, the property market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that shows very little confidence. It's, it's almost like saying that people shouldn't be investing in property right now. It's like, as a, buying something that, to live in yourself is okay, but investing in property as a long-term investment isn't a good idea, which shows that they think that the prices are going to drop. Yeah. But by doing this, it feels like the prices will drop as well i feel like if if you if you admit that you think it's going to happen in the sense that you that you do everything in your power really for it to happen as well well of course it will happen Mm. so he says some lenders aren't doing it but other lenders still will but if the big ones are stopping doing it how long will it be before the smaller lenders are like "Hmm, maybe we shouldn't be doing this at the moment because mm. the, the big guys are le- like leading the field now yeah yeah this uh, next article is also from the negotiator and uh, it's, it's talking about the say no to right move leader um, it's talking about how he's denied that he's working for other portals and calls for agents to move together. So that's the title. Basically, this man uh, is a is working for a movement. Well, he's working for a movement. He's the leader of a movement that is say no to right move. And he has apparently been called out for possibly working with the competition. Hmm. Which yeah, isn't that bad of a... Um, who was he called out by? So was it the for... oh I've lost it <laughs> yeah we, we, I we think we both have um god uh, uh, she should be around here right or yeah, that person I don't even remember who it was that... well anyway uh, he um <laughs> he's been accused by some uh organisation what was it a um other portals but he wasn't accused by he must have been accused by right move themselves no I think we're thinking of another article I can't remember but anyway (laughs) (laughs) it's a bit of a mess isn't it it must be right move who's accusing him of working for other 
platforms, but it seems he's launching his own portal, which is a competitor of right move, and he's getting money from he's receiving kickbacks. But it doesn't say who he's receiving the kickbacks from. No. But he's been criticised by people saying that he must be in the pay of OTM, which is on the market. Oh, yeah. So, what's this agency? Rob Sargent of the Acorn Group. The Acorn Group is a, a South of England agency. So, yeah. So he's in a he's in a group of right move rebels, which con- now contains one thousand four hundred agencies with two thousand eight hundred oh. branches. That's crazy. So it should be big enough to take on right move now. The thing yeah, is, rather big. My first thought was like, what makes them think they're going to be better at right move than it at doing it? Yeah, I I mean I'm not I'm not gonna lie I don't exactly know why he has there is a movement that's is saying no to right move I'm not sure what's happening there either. Yeah, I mean on the market and Zoopla are already big competitors of right move, so people have they can make a choice, but people tend to go to right move. It's like Auto Trader people go to Auto Trader to buy and sell their car. People go to yeah. move to buy and sell their house. It's just become like a household name. And um, yeah. you know, it could be a bad thing. They could abuse their market position. But if they did, they'd become more unpopular. And then their competitors would have a chance to take over. It's kind of like, if you're looking for a hotel, you think of Tree Bargo. I think of Booking.com. Oh yeah, that's right. I guess we all have our own little favourites. Some people use Airbnb. Yeah, that's just, yeah. That might be the, the case too with Rightmove. Like people think of Rightmove, but they might think of On the Market as well. Hmm. I mean, they they only ever these articles we go through. They only ever talk about Rightmove, On the Market, and Zoopla. So it must be the big three. Yeah, I don't know of any smaller ones at the moment either. He says he's doing it because he spent half a million pounds with Rightmove in 2019 and basically Rightmove's costs seem to be getting bigger every year so it's becoming well I mean it's like if you list with booking.com you have to pay him like a 20% fee. Yeah. I mean are these portals greedy? Are they making more money than they really should be? I mean generally I think they they do offer a good service they're good they take away a lot of the difficulties Mm. but if you want to run your own setup more cost effectively then it could be a headache I guess oh so so move on yeah Let's move on. Um, this next article comes from... Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't... Evening Standard Homes and Property. I'm sorry. This is... Uh, again, this has happened. I don't know why I can never forget, uh, remember that. I so think it's Evening article... Standard. It's like ES. I'm pretty sure it's Evening Standard. 
I, yeah, it, it must be evening standard. Okay, so evening standard. Um, uh, oh yes, so this is called uh, this is calls for coronavirus rent freeze, and it is uh, calling for a freeze on the fact that rents can be increased by landlords during the lockdown. This is this is being confirmed by the housing minister, and it is well, it is very unfair. Uh, the housing minister, like I just said, has uh, confirmed that, and he has also said that a ban on rent rise was not, not going to be considered. I'm not sure it's unfair, because all he said is, like, landlords can raise their rents if they want. I don't think many landlords will be raising their rents. They'll probably be um, dropping them, if anything. But he he's just saying that he's not going to interfere in the market. But there are groups who are. Uh, this is the, this is why we got confused. It's the, um, oops, sorry. It's this woman, uh, Caitlin Wilkinson, policy manager at campaign group Generation Rent. She's mm. the one that was complaining that the government should be freezing rents in the midst of the pandemic. But she's probably always wanting there to be rent controls if she if she runs a campaign group. Yeah, that's true. That's definitely true. All I think, though, is I feel it's a bit unfair for the landlords that do increase their rent because they probably get enough rent as it is to, you know, keep going for so to say during this pandemic. And it's not like they need to. Uh, they need more, especially when they already like they're being depended on by the people who are renting out their flats or their houses. Mm. I think it's not good that they... I mean, it's good on uh, one side of the coin because he's just saying he doesn't want to interfere with the market so it should let, you know, it should run its own course. But on the other side of the coin, it is it is unfair that the fact, the fact that he's saying, you know, I don't care if you increase it or not. Like, mm-hmm. if you want to go ahead, I, I feel like that's going to... You know, for the few people that do do it, it might screw over the people who are renting those houses. But I, I, it shouldn't affect that much anyway. I mean, there might be there might be people who are renting out houses and they just say, "Look, amidst everything that's happened, I understand if you can't pay me a, m- a month or two, you know, I don't mind if you just stop." There's probably good people out yeah, there. Yeah, this is what it's saying. Um, this campaign group also wanted, uh, along with a ban on rent rises, they wanted an extension of the time before a landlord is allowed to file an eviction notice. They wanted to increase it from two months to three. They also wanted people to be allowed to take rent holidays, similar to the mortgage holidays that we talk about. Mm. And I mean, freezing of the local housing allowance, I guess that means that they could get support from the government to help them with the housing. But he rejected Christopher Pincher, the um, housing minister. Uh, yeah. He rejected all these measures: the rent rises, the extension of the eviction notice. Obviously, he just believes that the market should regulate itself. Yeah. Which is again, it probably isn't a bad thing because if, you know, sometimes the government interferes and it isn't for the best. Hmm. Yeah, this one says a rising number of or a significant number of private tenants, so people renting, have fallen through the gaps. So they haven't been able to get onto the furlough scheme 
and they haven't been able to claim universal credit so they've basically got no way of paying their rent hmm but I guess that's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes yeah never heard that one before <laughs> the way the cookie crumbles I remember that for a, a long time moving on legal futures again talking oh, about they should have been together. this guy's called McCrum oh no <laughs> wow that was <laughs> well it was a coincidence that's crazy that's uh, maybe that's saying good. his name earlier like made me think of cookies crumbling maybe yeah <laughs> sorry sorry great. Start, start again what, what article is this so this is from Legal F uh, Futures again, which I uh, just realized they should have been together. We've already done another one from Legal Futures. Mm -hmm. And this one's talking about, so new file openings crash, but staff stepping up during crisis. Hmm. Yeah, like um, law firms are opening less files during the lockdown. Um, I think there was some stats here. Oh yeah, 80% falls in new cases. Hmm. But they say that staff have been incredibly good at like handling the situation um, with like the furlough and everything. They're um, handling it really well. They're like rising up to the challenge. I think it's great to see that. You know? Like they've yeah. they're recording like big drops in the hours that they're spending on files and new files opening, but just shows the spirit of the country doesn't it really yeah it's it's good to see people want to keep going on yeah McCrum says here some individuals have really come to the fore and go beyond the call of duty to win new work working unsocial hours etc uh, strong sense of unity with all staff joining our Monday morning zoom chat ah that's great mm. Wait, he's a consul a law firm consultant. All right. So he he works for a law law firm as a consultant. That's very nice. That sounds very nice. Yeah, I mean, I I guess that's typical. I mean, across all law firms, not just his law firm. Hmm. Anyway, let's crack on with the final article now. Final article, Country Life, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, this you know. one's amazing. Yeah, you know what's coming. Now, this one is probably one of my personal favorites, and it's crazy. So, this is uh, this article is talking about a castle. It is a castle um, on a hillside, a hillside overlooking a sweep of river in one of the most beautiful areas of Britain. So, this castle is, um, I think you said it's 200 years old. Uh, it's the kind inside... of a fake castle. Yeah. Victorian times or whatever. Well, not Victorian times, but in the like 18th century, I guess. Yeah, 18th, no, 19th, right? Oh, yeah. 19th it, would be the 1800s, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> it's a little... But, yeah... Um... This this castle is uh, honestly it's astonishing. So again, I mean, this time they put the price at the beginning. The price is two point eight million pounds, 
which is uh, actually crazy cheap because I'm going to reveal it now. This is a massive castle with 10 bedrooms, 10 bathrooms, five reception rooms, I believe, mm. and it has 31 acres the view is of just stunning. garden. Of land, I mean. Yeah, the view as well is amazing. It if you can see the image, we'll, well, if you can't, we will explain it as well. So these 31 um, acres, I think they also go along the river because there is a river passing uh, right next to this castle. It is it's incredible. It's a big river as well. It's, yeah. it's really flat where the castle is. So you've got this like winding river going through this valley. And you can see like mountains all around the site. Yeah, the distance. And you're like looking at uh, at the distance. Yeah, in the distance, I mean, look at uh, everything that is out there. All these mountains. The clouds look lovely too. It looks like it would be a really nice place to spend the night. I would not. Yeah, there's no doubt I in if my it mind. It's a hotel, or it would be made into a hotel. So I would stay there. Yeah, definitely. Here we have some pictures of the inside. Uh, the inside is it's very nice. It doesn't have any deterioration, or at least that's what I can see from the photo. It's got like a staircase that splits into two, so you yeah, can go like either way. <laughs> it's not like a huge one like you see in a movie, but it is. You know, it, it works. You'd be nice yeah. to have one in your house, wouldn't it? No, it looks really cool, in my opinion. It looks very nice, and. Um, it's definitely a very nice touch, I'm not going to lie. And this is in Wales, by the way. We didn't say that at the beginning. It's called yeah. Glendye Castle. Glendye Castle. If I got, Sorry if I pronounced my Welsh wrong. For the, those of you out there that know how it's actually spelled. Um, pronounced, sorry. It's like G-L-A-N-D-Y-I. Maybe you can like, correct me on that one if I'm wrong. So, oh, look, a little bit of information, because why not? I don't think we've ever done that. The castle was built by a man named George Jeffries on land bought by his grandfather, Edward, a Shrewsbury man who made a fortune in silver and lead mining in the 18th century. Oh, yeah, wait, the right. 18th century. Yeah, I got that mixed up. But look at all the trees. There's just woods all around the castle. Like You could probably yeah. just, like, get enough firewood just from those woods to run all the heating in the place one of the best things about this castle in my opinion is you can get that lovely view because the castle is set on a on a on the part of the land that's the most flat so by going onto the top of the the castle because i'm going to guess there is outdoors area i don't know how they would have gotten that shot if not well, you can go. probably get a really nice shot like the one we just saw well, that earlier. shot is probably from a drone or a helicopter no no, there were seats uh, below, weren't there? Oh, this one here. Yeah, of course, this one's oh, from Oh, this, a... this, yeah. The, the yeah, that uh, one. patio out the back of the, the castle, yeah. Yeah, this is probably a drone. Drones are way better. But I love um, this room. It's got, like, they've put glass over the top. I don't know whether it was originally a roof or they just enclosed an outdoor area with sort of a modern glass roof. But it's lovely and bright, and it's got all the like original walls around there. Yeah, so, it does look very nice, especially when you can when you have 
so this area has so many sofas and it has so many things inside just a, a lot of decoration like this would be a great area just to sit and and enjoy the sunlight maybe even in winter when you know there's still light coming through the windows and everything it'll be very nicely lit and you can still enjoy that light that natural light and warm yourself a little a lovely stone floor i don't know if that's like heated and then the window there, I think that you can see the mountains and the and the river out of that window there. Yeah, looks like it, yeah. Mm. This is a, a wonderful house. And then this I mean, wood, a wonderful castle. Wood panelling around this room here, like all this leather furniture and wood panelling. So it's got these kind of traditional features as well as these modern features. Hmm. And this room here look at that ceiling yeah this one's crazy this one's sort of a dome a dome shape and the the roof is is nice it's got some sort of a i'm not sure if it's decoration it looks like it's got wood beams going they're through like it gold, and everything yeah they're not they're not wood but it must be they one of the towers because be... it's got windows going all the way around the outside in like a circle yeah, you're right. It must be a tower. And then a wood-burning stove Stone. set in a really nice fireplace, like marble or something, and with steel um, or like iron inside. Yeah, this is this is a crazy house. It's a crazy castle. <laughs> I got it wrong again. Yeah, it's not even a house. It's a castle. Yeah. But look at these grounds, like the lawns. It's got like gravel, like flower beds. Yeah. Loads and loads of trees. There's like uh, in the background there, you can see like steps up. It's like layered garden levels, mm. different levels. Yeah, but it's mental because we've covered houses before that were five million and they had less um, acres, I believe. I guess they this were more one's in the middle of nowhere. Though, isn't it? It's like in Wales. That's definitely true. You yeah. can't even see another house in any of the photos. It's almost like completely <laughs> on its own. Oh, and as well as the, I think, I'm not sure if it's included within the number or the digit, I mean, of 10 bedrooms and 10 bathrooms, but you get this separate two-lodge, two-bedroom lodge, which would be, like I said, the ideal for family staff or as a holiday let. It's, uh, it's crazy. Yeah. So, so nice, this one. It says it has barns, garaging, workshops, and so on. So, you know, if you want to... You can do work in your workshop, keep your cars in your garages. Hmm. So if you've got 2.85 million, you could rent out the little cottage, run your business. You could even put put guests in the main building. You could yeah. live in there. You could live in the lodge and just put loads of guests in there. Yeah, that would be the the best idea it is mental though huh? this thing is is crazy cool it's, it's very nice it's uh so it's nearby there's superb pubs and restaurants fine beaches and golf courses where <laughs> down here golf no i mean where as in like must be over the hill to... yeah out of sight as well, golf courses. It's funny because with 31 acres of land, you could probably just design your own if golf you, course. Yeah, I was going to say, if you chop down these trees, you could probably put a golf course right next to this hotel. Yeah. People would come to stay and play golf. But they're Very lovely, nice. those trees. I'd want to keep them. 
Yeah, I wouldn't want to cut anyone now. And with that, I guess we'll be concluding this week's podcast. That marks the 10th uh, podcast we've done, which also is our second milestone completed. Mm. Uh, We might might start doing um, fortnightly podcasts. I hope that's not disappointing anybody out there who's been listening every week. But um, what we want to do is start some explainer videos or we might do it in an audio format as well I'm not sure but what we might do is an explainer video one week and then a podcast the other week so we do podcast explainer podcast explainer if that makes sense because I think we've looked at the market well the um, available material a lot of it's very old and we want to make some more up to date explainer videos for people who are like trying to find out about convincing yeah um, let us know if you think that's a good idea or there's anything you'd like us to any topics you'd like us to go over yeah remember you can always say anything you want about any of the podcasts in the description uh, I mean, in the comments below, because we we value feedback a lot. And for now, I, I believe we haven't received a, a single drop of feedback. So uh, if you want to say... We, we, we're going to keep doing these um, episodes. Hopefully we pick up more comments and viewers and things. Yeah, of course. I'm not you know, saying it's bad. I'm just saying if there's anything you'd like to, uh, us to talk about, if there's anything you think we could do better or anything that you liked about it, make sure you leave it in the comments below and we'll be sure to... to uh, Respond. To, yeah, respond. All right. With that, I will say that is the end of episode 10. Uh, thanks for tuning in again. And um, don't forget to subscribe if you want to keep getting news to your inbox. And um, see you, speak to you next week. Yep. Goodbye and stay safe, everyone.